Action! Welcome back, film fans, to the Silver Screen Podcast. I am your host, Mike Wilson. Uh, apologies for our slightly prolonged absence, but hopefully you've been keeping up with us uh, with our past episodes and you caught our New Year special and our special review of the Oscar nominations. Uh, we are back now for this kind of ongoing series of episodes. Uh, I'm hoping to bring an episode every couple of weeks, so we can hopefully get a bit more regular, but if you've been keeping up with us, you'll know that we're um, going through some issues at the moment, just uh, on a personal level. Um, DK, my usual co-host, is having some issues uh, medically and such at the moment and, you know, personal stuff that we don't need to get into. So he's not been able to join me for this one, but I'm hoping he'll be back for our next review. Uh, and we obviously send out all our best wishes and hope that you uh, start to feel better soon, DK. Uh, and we were also going to be joined by someone to help us like edit and do occasional guesting, which I will eventually reveal, but he's not been able to join us for other reasons. Uh, in this case, completely different reasons, but also, yeah, just a series of bad luck. So you're stuck with just me as your main host, I'm afraid. So hopefully that will be good enough. Uh, but I don't do this alone. I still have a guest and it will be a guest who is familiar to you if you are a listener to our other podcast. Podcast, what I call our sister podcast, The Hit or Miss Star Trek. Uh, that is uh, Adrienne. Hello, welcome, Adrienne. Hello, hello, and good morning from Los Angeles. It is early and it is sunny but cold. It's quite nice here because it's um, obviously we are in different places, and here in England, it's just gone to that nice dusk time where you look out the window and it's like that nice, lovely orangey color as the sun mm, goes. So it looks lovely. lovely. <laughs> so yeah, um, I keep forgetting to ask you this. Your name is Adrienne Park Tucker, is that right? Before I uh, I misname you in some way. Mm, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I almost announced you as that, and then was like, I probably should double check that's actually your name before I do that. So, but yeah. So um, as I said, you you've been. This is your first, if I'm not mistaken, non Star Trek movie review. Yes. This is it. This is the first non Star Trek movie. I, I was looking at the title of the movie, like, oh, I'm gonna watch a boxy movie okay i'll do it for the team <laughs> yeah because you joined our discord and you've been uh, just a shining light over there you've been really lovely and uh, and yeah just great to talk to uh, again if anybody fancies joining our discord you can just ask any on any of our social medias and it's just a safe place for geeky chat and people with similar interests basically just seeing any old rubbish trying to make each other laugh posting geeky stuff and uh, having as many channels as we can fit in as opposed it's <laughs> a fun and welcoming place it really is i love it it is yeah hopefully just like the podcast i've had somebody today say that the podcasts that we do have a very relaxed feel and i'm like i'm, I'm happy with that because that feels like at least we're not being confrontational or uh, you know hard to listen to so i'll take relaxed for sure nice it's <laughs> so, um, true You've obliquely referenced the fact that we're reviewing the movie Creed today, as you can probably see on screen anyway, if you're watching on the YouTubes. Um, but yeah, the reason that uh, Adrienne specifically was uh, a guest, other than the fact that she would jump in anyway, because she's nice, uh, was that I put out in the Discord, would anybody like to review this with me? We're reviewing it, of course, because um, Creed 3 is out, I think, out so i thought you know maybe catch the algorithm maybe talk about these movies and when i asked in the discord it turns out nobody had seen the creed movies which was kind of devastating and what's worse a good number of the younger people hadn't even seen a single rocky movie which is criminal frankly it so. is criminal it is blasphemous it is just plain wrong absolutely so um yeah, it, it isn't necessarily, you were saying before we started recording, Adrienne, it isn't necessarily the sort of thing you would normally choose to watch, but you were willing to for the podcast, and then hopefully at least it's been a, maybe a surprise to you. So It has been a surprise, and I, I, 
at first I was like, oh, I don't know, but I'm going to do my best. But then uh, it turned out my husband, David, and my son, uh, Wesley, had seen it. They actually went to go oh. see it together in the theater. So I had forgotten all about that. So, uh, you know, they, they had stuff to say, too. And, and it was just a good time. And I was playing it in the office. And uh, then I heard the soundtrack. And I was like, uh, turn this up very loud. So I turned it up. <laughs> and we had a good time. <laughs> Yeah, that's worth seeing straight out the bat. The soundtrack to this film is fantastic. It, it? <laughs> is, especially when I heard Tupac. I was like, okay, this is going to get loud. So yep, definitely. I'll, I'll probably get into it later, but I just love that Tessa Thompson is actually a really oh, good... Uh, isn't musician. that wonderful? Yeah. yeah. The second time I watched that, I said, I'm going to focus on her. I'm going to watch yeah. what she does, and she's really great. Yeah, so you've watched this twice already? <laughs> um, actually watched it more than that. Wow, yeah. already? Well, I have substantial ADD, so oh. I missed a lot, and I sat down. And then the other night you said, well, yeah, I got my notes together, and I'm ready. I'm like, oh, notes. I got to watch it again. Darn it. So we turned it on again. And <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that. Not everybody really feels the need to make notes. We just kind of go off of uh, as we go along. But I'm, you know, you know that my autistic brain needs order, so I tend yes. to keep things that way. The so, man uh, needs his structure, so let's yes, get it definitely. done. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, as as I said, sorry if this is repetitive if you are a podcast listener, but, you know, to that end, I tend to break the review down into sections where we start with a little kind of behind the scenes info. And then I just go by like acting, directing, uh, what's uh, like of general sort of writing and plot, uh, music and sound effects, any visual effects. Uh, and then at the end of the review, of course, I go over our, um, myself and our guests favorite character moment line. Then we give our conclusion and a score out of five uh, and then work out a average between the two scores in this case for the for the film to give it a final score and hopefully convince some people to watch them because not enough people clearly are so there you go. Um, but yeah so uh, without any further ado then normally this would be dk's job but as i said he's not feeling too great so he's not with us so i'm going to jump into the behind the scenes section if that's okay with you adrian absolutely <laughs> awesome so i'm going to put a little bit of background music on and then just go through the a little bit of information that I found when it comes to behind the scenes. Um, this movie, Principal Photography, began on January the 19th, 2015, on location at Goodison Park, with the first scene uh, that was shot taking place during a Barclays Premier League football match between Everton, of which Stallone and Tony Bellew, who plays Conlon, are fans, and West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Goodison would later host a climactic fight in the film between Donny and Conlon, and also Bellew's real-life title fight against Ulunga Makabu in May 2016, which was the first outdoor boxing match in Liverpool since 1949, apparently. Um, I made a note of this because we've already, as I said, we, we talk a lot on the Discord and we've mentioned uh, being an American that you're not super au fait with like English football or what you would call soccer. And I thought you'd get a kick out of knowing it was like a soccer stadium. Basically. Yeah, I, it, that's sort of a thing with me and all my Brit buddies out here is that I don't know any of the teams, but it, it's kind of cool that it's, it. hey, sports fans are sports fans. If they're serious yeah. enough, they, they're willing to watch other sports. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's just it was nice for me as an English guy just watching and thinking like, yeah, Goodison Park in Liverpool. Yeah, that's know. really cool. <laughs> in the like Everton club badge on um, Ricky Conlon's like boxing gear and stuff. Right, that's so cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Filming also took place in Philadelphia, obviously. Uh, in early February, an empty store in Philadelphia was converted into a boxing gym, and that's where some of the training scenes were shot. Cool. So I'm kind of pleased that Philly was represented as well. Yeah, really, really, the whole Rocky series really is an homage 
to mm. Philly, etc. Definitely, hundred percent. And I'm, you know, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But seeing the, I think it's the Philadelphia Museum of Art. It's called mm-hmm. where the, yes. the iconic steps are in the Rocky right. statue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of Rocky, um, Sylvester Stallone requested that Michael B. Jordan wear the famous American flag trunks that Apollo Creed had worn in Rocky, and Rocky then wore in Rocky three and four to keep it as tradition in the Rocky universe. So, <laughs> I always love bits like that little hints to the past. Um, this is the first film in the Rocky series, however, that is not written by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he did say that he was providing occasional input about the character of Rocky as he played him, obviously as an actor would, but yeah, no writing credit for him on this one. Hmm. Uh, while training, Adonis wears a shirt with the message, why do I want to fight because I can't sing and dance? This is an actual line from Rocky to Adrian, uh, to Adrian, sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip, during their first uh, ice skating date. Uh, and Tessa Thompson, as we've mentioned, who plays the musician Bianca in the film, is a musician in real life. She's produced music as part of the electro band Quarter Ghost and wrote three songs that are on the Creed soundtrack called Grip, Breathe and Shake You. And they're very good. <laughs> they are. They're wonderful. Uh, absolutely. And finally, um, among this film's accolades, it was selected by the National Board of Review as one of the top 10 films of 2015. Stallone won the National Board of Review Award for Best Supporting Actor, the Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actor, and the Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. And he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor and had it robbed from under him by Mark Rylance, if you ask me. But <laughs> we'll not get into that controversy. <laughs> So, um, I think it was Mark Rylance that won for Bridge of Spies that year, but yeah, I felt uh, Stallone thoroughly deserving. I was pleased he that he did. Got him. I think he did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, before we jump in, then, as I say, we're going to do it by section. Did you have any kind of spoiler free initial thoughts going into the movie? You were a little bit reticent, I'm guessing, because you're just not a huge boxing fan. No, um, and I, I mean, I had seen the Rocky movies, and of course, I have a personal little thing about the Rocky movies because my whole life I have heard yo Adrian and all that stuff so uh I I apologize (laughs) but I um had seen them but but I like them and I know the first Rocky is is really a, a great movie so um but I don't like boxing as a sport I don't like blood I don't like hitting I appreciate it I appreciate the Olympics and boxing I appreciate those kind of things but boxing is just not anything I would be interested in normally so (laughs) I will say I think um it's worth noting that even if you're not a boxing fan you can enjoy these films oh yes uh, I don't I don't think that matters I think if you are a boxing fan you might get a little more out of it because I know my brother who loves these films is a fan of that and uh, oh yeah appreciate that they're using like real life boxers and stuff like that I loved that they had real life boxers they had the um guy that makes the gloves and yeah. uh, you know real real things so i thought that was great i mean i started looking people up i go no is this the real guy yes and stitch the guy that does the wound the fixing the wounds yeah he you know this is real and i think um it's probably done a lot for boxing to be honest it's it probably is, yeah. brought some people into it that wouldn't have been into it before and one thing i appreciate um is that there were female uh boxers Yes, well, you know, yeah. there were in <laughs> yeah. the gym, and I love that. So, yeah, well, you're preaching to the converted. We have some really good English female boxers, like Olympic level. Uh, mm-hmm. We're quite yes. proud of them. Yes, <laughs> because I don't love sport. It's nice to at least see a little bit of uh, representation. So that's yeah. Cool. 
great. Yeah, like like you, I'm not really a huge fan of, of boxing as a sport, just because I guess I'm a little bit of a wuss by some standards. But Same. I, yeah, I can always get into it in the Rocky films because you just you know that it's fictional and you can kind of feel a bit guilt free mm-hmm. about it, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it does hook you in. It really does, as you said. It could be it could be any kind of fictionalized version of a sport, I think. But it it, uh, it, it works. Um, Awesome. So yeah, uh, my history then with these is, is worth just pointing out that I've seen and loved every Rocky film, including the two Creed movies, uh, sometimes multiple times. It was some of the first films that my parents showed us when I was really young. Um, and I remember myself and my cousin Stuart, whenever we would have sleepovers, would put on one or two of the Rocky films and just hang out and then get really hyper at the running around imitating the sort of fights at the end of the movies and stuff. So um, they have a special place in my heart and I love them. And yeah, I think even as a kid, you can appreciate the likes of Rocky 3 and 4 because they're not too deep. And then as I grew up, I started realizing that the, the drama in films like Rocky 1 and 2 was a real strength as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of something that Creed has going for it is that it works on both of those levels. It's a really good, powerful character drama, but it's also just a fun, you know, punch the air, feel pumped up boxing movie. It really you know. is. It really uh, focuses on the interpersonal relationships, which is what the first Rocky was about for me. Um, with all the bonds he makes with the different people and how they are with each other. Um, this one really focused on what's important in life, you know, found family, love, commitment, um, caring about each other and not giving up. Yeah, definitely. And it wears a tart on its sleeve, as I say. We'll we'll talk, I'm sure, at length about the themes, which are pretty obvious as you go through. But like I said, um, if you think, oh, I don't want to watch the Rocky movies because they're cheesy or they're just all about a sport you don't care about or whatever, please do. They're, they're way better than I could perhaps express to you than you might think. So, And there's a reason that that first one in particular was nominated for a bunch of Oscars for the acting and writing and other things. So, um, Awesome. So then uh, I will start with talking of that the acting in the film that's the first section i've got so uh we may as well start with michael b jordan since he's the lead of the film uh, and i'll i'll throw it to you uh, adrian and ask what were your thoughts about uh young adonis hollywood johnson slash creed in this movie i was impressed by his acting i i was um you know I, at first i thought they would make it so much about just his uh physique but um, they made it a lot more about his acting. I, I don't know about his um, range with his uh, expressions of his face uh, in this movie, but it's a lot about the character, about who he, you know, growing up, how he did and, you know, but, um, you know, I, I appreciate his acting. Yeah, I think I saw that whole expression thing as being kind of a relevant to the character because it seems mm-hmm. like he's going, he's going through a majority of the movie with a chip on his shoulder and it's mm-hmm. hard to convey that because without seeming moody or petulant I suppose so True. a little bit of like you don't always feel the best way towards him if you're feeling like all right come on dude. you just but at, at the same time I always did feel sort of sympathetic towards him even if at times he makes it hard um and I, I thought it was a great performance as you said just little moments like um two completely different scenes but two of the key things that i made notes of were the first time that he meets um tessa thompson's character bianca <laughs> sorry i just blanked on that there. the first time he meets bianca and he just switches from angrily like knocking on her door to like wow this is a gorgeous woman and uh, trying to suddenly be sort of charming and polite and all of their scenes together i think have great chemistry uh, and on the complete flip side of that the like acting level in the performance when rocky sort of has admitted he's not going to get any treatment and that's obviously annoyed 
you know, Adonis, he doesn't want him to, to die, basically. And then when Rocky tries to repair things later, you know, you just get that sheer anger unleashed from him. And he's just like, get your sick ass out of here. You, you're you not my actual family. You got my real family killed. And I was like, oh, that's really powerful. I, I felt that, you know, so. That line struck with me. So, of course, I had to go back and watch Rocky Four. Oh, oh, I love Rocky Because Rocky. I was like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Because it's been years since I saw it. And I had to yeah. go back and watch it. And I had forgotten all about the towel part. Oh, it, it does go into that in Creed, though, because they do reference, doesn't it? Because when he first meets um, Rocky, Rocky even says, you know, th that fight went on too long. Maybe I should have stopped it. Mm -hmm. It's entirely my fault. And you can see there's a little bit of residual guilt on Rocky's part. Yes. There, yeah. So uh, I had to. I had to dive back in full full heartedly and and uh, review all that stuff because my 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 old brain uh, doesn't kick in like I would hope it would. Oh, but, mine um... neither. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, have, by, uh, this is completely apropos of nothing, I guess. But have you actually seen Creed two yet? By the way. No, I didn't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess up my memory because then I would spout something and you would say, "Oh, well, Adrian, yeah. just so you know, that's from Creed 2. <laughs> and then fair. I would be like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." That's fair enough. I've I've seen both, and if you've if you've went back and watched Rocky Four to tie into Creed, you are gonna love Creed Two because okay, uh, well, Creed let's do it. Um, yeah. the son of Ivan Drago in that movie. Ooh, so. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Okay, yep. nice. Woo, something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually might prefer Creed 2 even more than Creed oh. 1 because of, of the connections to the Rocky franchise. And there's actually okay. a really good subplot with Rocky and his son as well in that film. Oh, um, neat. Okay, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, more people should be watching these movies. They should Creed be. Three as well. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> Stand out on the street corner with signs. Definitely. Oh, I would if I could, but I'm hoping <laughs> that the presence of uh, the presence of Jonathan Majors in Creed Three is going to get some bums in seats that will then go back and watch the previous. Two. Nice. <laughs> we'll see. So, uh, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on um, on Michael B. Jordan and in this film? Well, I think there was. I don't know because I haven't researched enough, but um, I would really like to watch the outtakes. Um, I think there was probably some um, um, impromptu things he did. F to to lighten the load like uh i don't know about the marlon brando imitation i don't mm. know if that was um you know an impromptu an thing but yeah i i think he probably brought a lot of chemistry he probably i think he and sylvester stallone i don't know but their chemistry is so great i just feel yeah. like he's probably that kind of actor i mean i don't know he could be horrible how how would i know I don't think drive so. Down to, I could drive down to Hollywood, down 20 minutes down the freeway, <laughs> ask everybody. But um, yeah. I feel like he might have brought some, you know, bonded with everybody pretty well. And so I think it seemed right, like it. Um, yeah. We know that he'd worked with Ryan Coogler, the director before, on the film Fruitvale Station. So they kind of would have had that chemistry in shorthand anyway. Mm -hmm. And later go on to work with him again on Black Panther. <laughs> so... Um, he's, I think, been in 90%, if not all, of Ryan Coogler's movies. And the fact that he is directing Creed 3 means that he's obviously got something that allows him to do that take charge kind of thing. So I think he yeah. might be right. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was directing it. Or he did direct it. I didn't know. Okay, great. Wow, yeah, wonderful. Creed, the yeah. upcoming one, he's, uh, he's uh, directing as well. Oh, so. wonderful. Okay. It's directorial debut, in fact. Nice. So, uh, all right. Maybe I should see it in the theater. We have a great oh, really little good. theater right by my house. I should... Hopefully it plays there. Yeah, I'm sure it will. It's going to be huge. <laughs> like I said. Or maybe that's just me being hopeful. 
<laughs> yeah, but no, I, I loved the character of Creed in this film. As I said, I hadn't really... The first time I watched Creed was in 2015, and I wasn't really that familiar with Michael B. Jordan. He'd done that other Ryan Coogler movie, and I think he'd done the film Chronicle that I hadn't seen, um, and possibly the Fantastic Four abysmal movie that was released roughly around then. That's funny. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but like in this film, I was like, this is, yeah, leading actor carrying the film. You can see he's going to be something huge. And uh, yeah, he still is, as you say. So, and he's obviously moving into directing and stuff. So. Awesome. Um, so the next person that's obviously worth talking about then would be Tessa Thompson, who we mentioned uh, playing Bianca. Uh, as I said, fantastic music performer. It's just, uh, it's a gift from the gods for the director and the writers that she happens to be a really talented musician anyway. <laughs> so, uh, and yes. I think the... Yeah. As I say, I was trying to like name key scenes for those characters. Basically, all of the scenes with her are not key, but I especially love when they're... It's the second or third time they've started hanging out and he just basically starts making a rap for her when she's like putting a beat behind him and they're just, just hanging out, just being you know, young people. Yeah. And... Funny that you bring that up because I was wondering, is this one of the things that was spontaneous because um, mm. she starts laughing... And he's just having fun with the whole uh, cheese steak, yeah. cheesecake. And I'm wondering, like, huh, this is really, I wonder, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to know. Maybe I should start watching some more of the behind the scenes for this particular, because I'd love to know if that was just Ryan Coogler, who was kind of saying, like, well, just play it easy. Just hang out together. See what mm -hmm. happens. We'll roll the yeah. camera. Nothing happens fair enough. But if Right. Uh, goes, no, of course, the word I was trying to think of was ad-libbed. I was wondering ad if it was. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think some of their stuff might have been uh, just, for, yeah. you know, it makes it more natural because they're just getting to know each other. And so, I mean, they Absolutely. probably just told them, hey, have fun. And if so. it's not, then it's a credit to the writer because it seems like it's really natural. It does, doesn't it? It's a really sweet scene. It really it is. is. Well, everyone together is, as you said, it's just, uh, I love that. And, and again, she's the kind of the emotional core of it. So that's when I felt the most sort of the most that I gave a crap, which was happening throughout the movie, but especially about him when she's kind of, he's made a fool of himself at her show and she's just kind of, you know, not forgiving him quite so easily. Yeah, that's what I loved about how her character was written. She's a strong person. She yeah. isn't, you know, I really love the fact that she was a, um, a musical artist on her own. Mm -hmm. She had her own uh, players in the band with her. She She already has her own career. She's not just like somebody that's like hanging out or anything. And, and she's she's funny. She's smart. She's mm -hmm. compassionate. Um, but she's tough. Yeah. And I just I loved her character. I thought she she really her acting really uh, she, she just shines. And she um, she's a scene stealer. She's mm -hmm. funny. Like in a lot of the celebratory parts, I'm watching her. Certainly at the end. I can. Yeah. Mean, yeah. uh-huh mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah good for her good for, I mean, perfect casting i think i loved I think it so i think so yeah and I, I was just gonna say the same thing as you were kind of getting at i love that she has that cheeky side the character so that when, <laughs> yeah um, when he out and she's kind of like oh who is it this is my uncle oh <laughs> and then rocky's sort of glib responsive yeah my whole life <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh rocky had some great lines and sylvester yeah. Sloan had great timing oh, um but i love how they wrote her like she's she's tough you know she's at first, she yeah. says, "Well, where are you from?" And um, I'm from California or Cali. And um, she says, "Oh, LA. is that how they teach you to talk to females?" 
you know, <laughs> and he's saying, you know, he doesn't lose his footing. He just says, look, I just, I want to go and eat. Want to go eat? You know? Yeah. So that was, I like, that was cool. And I love that yeah. she didn't let him in when he said, look, I just, I need you right now. Um, mm -hmm. Rocky's sick and, you know, I'm down. And she's like, look, hey, you know, I got my own things to do right now because he, he really sabotaged her event, you know, well, not, I yeah. mean, apparently they did okay, but the beginning, you know, he yeah, did no, that. But I feel like um, that, that was a, a fantastic scene because it's really hard to thread that line in that when he reveals, like, I'm not making excuses, but Rocky's sick. She doesn't come off as heartless, but you do fully sort of stay behind her when you're like, no, I get that you're standing your ground because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he, still, he still was a bit of a jerk, basically. Mm -hmm. He was a bit of a jerk. <laughs> and he um, used violence, which is, you know, she's saying, mm -hmm. hey, this is you, that's for the ring. That's not part yeah. of my life. And exactly. I really appreciated that. And then, of course, um, she closes the door. And I didn't catch this on the first watch. She took out her hearing aid so she couldn't hear him. Oh, I noticed that when he's still sort of asking. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, yeah. And she's like, nope, I got to stand my ground right now. They have to be boundaries. And I appreciated that. Yeah. But as I say, it was so weird because in the performance, you could still see that she did care. Like she wasn't, mm -hmm. like, I don't care about Rocky being sick. Yeah. But it was just, it was kind of tearing her apart a little bit, as you're saying. And that's how I read the whole hearing aid thing was like, I can't listen to it because I will yes. probably just give in. And Yeah, because I would. I'm like, um. Yeah. Yes, of course, Michael B. Jordan. Yes, come in, have some tea, of course. But she wasn't. She wasn't having it. <laughs> exactly. And I love this is uh, going back to what I was saying earlier. But in that scene with Rocky, she doesn't act like a, a lot of the other characters kind of do at the gym and stuff, where she's fawning all over him. She doesn't even reveal that she knows who he is, just that he's a white guy. Then when he's gone, like into the van, just says to uh, to Adonis. When were you going to tell me your uncle was a Rocky Balboa? You know? Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> it, like, oh, yeah. she does know. <laughs> yeah, she's she's Philly down down to the bone. I love it. Yeah, absolutely awesome. So yeah, just a great performance. It's, it's probably my favorite film of Tessa Thompson's as well because I'm not overly fond of her in the Thor movies and such that I've seen. Well, she doesn't have all the best lines. That's just no. writing, and she deserves yeah. her own. Yeah. yeah, she's cool. But yeah, great in this. And um, so next up, obviously, uh, Oscar nominee Stallone, we should probably talk about. Uh, this is the one that got me these, these parts of the film, obviously. Um, probably because, as I've already mentioned, I've got a history with this character. So this would be the seventh film that I've seen this character in. And wow. you didn't need to do much. Like the second he comes up from uh, the cellar or whatever at Adrian's restaurant, I'm already an emotional mess i'm like rocky ah all the pictures of the previous films and uh even that little moment when adonis is watching the creed rocky match on youtube on like his yes. sector and i'm like he's me <laughs> he's watching <Yes>. the rocky. <laughs> yeah so okay. it would be so it would have been so easy for them to rest on their laurels and have him there as a kind of um nostalgia bait or, or member berries as they say but the fact that they actually gave him a plot and he's brilliant, which I should, we should never have doubted, really, because Stallone is in 99% of these movies. We don't talk about five a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, I just love that every little bit. Like he said, little moments like the reference to feeling still guilty about what happened with, um, with Apollo Creed and uh, Ivan Drago and mm -hmm. still, you know... The, one of the best scenes in the movie when he goes to the graves of um, Adrian and Paulie and he's just kind of talking to them and what's new in the news today. It's getting harder to go up those steps and you're just like, this is such a good performance. And people do not give Stallone enough credit as an actor because there's still too many people that think meathead, action film, Rambo kind of thing. And 
he's so much better than that man, you know? Yeah, that was an important scene, you know, mm. for me, walking up there. Um, and then, of course, we he's saying it's harder. I mean, these little hints to his health. And um, but he sits down with the newspaper and he's so kind and he's so he's so fun, funny in his own way. You know, um, the newspaper thing is interesting because he he hasn't transitioned to technology. I mean, it's sort of it's kind of in the Rocky movies that he is just a dude. He's not, you know, um, yeah. like he's not like an intellect or a reader, but he's got this heart and this gumption and. And that's yeah. still where that's still who he is. I mean, he's there with his newspaper and he brought alcohol and he just, you know, yeah. he loves to be there. Clearly he goes there. And uh it was a great scene. Yeah. I love that about Rocky though, that he's never portrayed as like dumb or the butt of the joke. It's just that he has his own knowledge and like mm -hmm. when it when it comes to training Adonis when he's giving him those that's I, I love that scene because it's twofold. It shows you that like when it comes to Training and boxing, he absolutely knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about. He gives him the full regime, breaks it all down. But then you also get that funny moment of like he just gives him the paper back because he's took a picture of it. And uh, oh, don't you want to take this? What happens if your phone gets lost? It's already in the cloud. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what cloud? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, because you know it, it's also worth remembering he's not a young man at this point either. That character, you know. So, um, yeah, but yeah, we have to get into the sort of uh, the idea that they give him this sort of cancer plot. Oh, it's mm -hmm. so well acted and so heartfelt. And um, like I said, I, I knew that he'd sort of ex he'd been through this on the other end because it's a large part of the film Rocky Balboa. So we knew that's what had kind of taken Adrian from him. Mm -hmm. And that he that's when it sort of shows he's already visiting her grave before. Oh, he lost yes. Yeah. Um. So I knew that, but then the fact that it's you know when he finds out, he literally. Breaks my heart when he's like, "Look, I, I, my wife went through that. It didn't do any good, and she, it, in the end, it just was worse for her. And I'd rather just not do anything." And you're just like, "I fully understand where you're coming from, but it's devastating." Um, you know, there's not really much else you can say to that other than, again, such great dramatic chops on this actor that isn't given credit really. Uh, he really, he really does. He really shines in this movie. Um, I think it gave him. Um, probably an opportunity to show, you know, that that he has a range as an actor, that he is uh, smart. You know, the funny thing he says, like his timing is so great. That's one mm. thing I noticed is he just has this great timing and how he said unk's good or whatever, um, yeah. you know, choosing between uh, OG and unk. And he's like, unk's good. You know, I mean, it It just seemed how it would actually be. Yeah. In a very natural way. Yeah. And he's always been, that character has always been just likable. Like the kind of person that even though they're fictional, you just imagine you'd get on with and you could grab a beer with or whatever or just hang yeah. out with. And he, he would be nice. He's never, ever seemed like an, an asshole in any way. Or, yeah. and you know, like I said, th there's enough motivations that aren't made explicit as to why he would take on Adonis, you know, whether it's guilt or the fact that he obviously had that close relationship with Apollo um, or, or whatever else. But the fact that they then do feel like they become that bonded as a family and you do believe it, so that that scene of them all together having dinner is again really just emotional and heartfelt and you forget that there's not really that much shown of their bonding but it's completely sold when he's like yo you're gonna be a champion bianca you're gonna be great your music's fantastic you know and you're just like yeah i buy it that's a, they are a family which is why it hurts all the more when uh donnie kind of tells them that they're not and then 
you know, it's it's that gut punch, but he doesn't take it personally because he gets that he's he's he is where Rocky was when he found out yes. about Adrian and whatever. So, yes, um, and he you know his emotions were high. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, yeah. And I think again, that's a key moment in the writing and the acting choices, whoever it is, where he says all those things and seems like rigid and calm about it, and then once Donnie's out of there, just says, "Oh, what did you do?" To himself. <clears throat> yeah, he knew that he had messed up. Yeah. Exactly. He, he yeah. knows, and he he seemed almost not confused about why he did it, but just so disappointed in himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it wasn't planned; it just kind of happened that way. And then he uh -huh. thought it was, in the moment it would be good, and then it just didn't. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. you can see why. As I said, his, he was Oscar nominated. I think it's a great portrayal mm -hmm. of like old age, of a kind of kind of depression but it, it's not it's more sort of world weariness and just this sense of like loneliness and yes loneliness yeah. he's alone yes he, yeah. that's one thing i really got out of this was his being alone his mm. son is in, in a different country his wife yeah. is gone his friend's gone i mean he has buddies that know him but they aren't close yeah and i think it's partly as well you can kind of get that he's just not letting them in because mm -mm. it's there in the dialogue of like, well, you never come down here and now you are mm -hmm, with this kid mm -hmm. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Even when like Adonis first decides, you know, just <laughs> barges in and says, well, I'm going to live with you. We're going to train together. And you can see that like the house is like a shrine and it's not being touched and it's, you mm -hmm. know, his room and he just lives there on his own. And it's obviously not great for him. And it's a sad existence, I guess. But he's kind of fine with it. And even like you said, that's where, why it devastates all the more when he gets the diagnosis and he's like, I've got nobody left. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. I mm -hmm. realize I'm gone, but, you know, what have I got to live for, basically? Right. And without that seeming maudlin or without it seeming like he's feeling sorry for himself, it's just a level of like, oh, man. Right. <laughs> Live in um, Adrian's restaurant. You know, he he's there. Show him working. He's doing all hours of work. He's cleaning. But you don't ever see people in the restaurant. No, exactly. Yeah. You don't see him having funny conversations or talking about people's kids, even with the staff or anything. So I think that was, you know, just another indication of how alone he is. Yeah. And again, he doesn't even have like, um, he has like a bit of a love interest thing in Rocky Balboa, which has just come to nothing. And like, so there's no real women in his life or anything. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. I think that's, it's an interesting counterpart to the like feel good nature of the boxing victory is that you can kind of see them coming together as a family as well. And it, it mirrors it in a way of like, well, they come together, then they're knocked back by this situation. Mm -hmm. And then they do all kind of come together in the final sort of moments along with the final fight. And it is this found family. And I think that's important. It's, it's a good part of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good part how, how they come together like that. That's a good point. Yeah, completely. Um, but yeah, it just if, if you haven't seen it, the, the performance really is all that good, especially in the scenes in the hospital. And my favorite sort of part of the plot of the movie, getting into that a little bit, which is, you know, we're not supposed to be talking about that yet, but I always just mix and match. But um, when I first saw this movie and every other time since, I loved that idea um, that somebody came up with where Donnie just says, look, if I fight, you fight. And that's what sort of tips him over the edge into like, okay, I will go through the chemo and stuff. And we, you know, it is only fair you're fighting and mm -hmm. I'm fighting. And it's all shown in montage, but you get so much from just those little moments of like um, him struggling and him sitting, but still training him or being sick and then uh, waking him up and stuff. And, yeah, uh, yeah. 
it's just so good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it really it really is good when when he says that because, you know, um, Donnie gave his California life up to come out there and start in Philadelphia with this inspiration. And Rocky's kind of always been part of his. I mean, I'm assuming right after uh, his his mom's character started telling him about, you know their past and 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 his father's past he had rocky in his head so he went like, there yeah you, you see because he watches that fight as i said on the yeah see well that. she yeah and she told him all the she must have told him all the ins and outs of everything else that happened so i mean it, yeah he gets there to philadelphia and he has to kind of struggle and so you know rocky appreciates that and rocky doesn't want to face that the end of his life is coming. He doesn't want to face this illness. Um, and, and they brought it together with that. If, if I, if I fight, you fight thing. Yeah. I and again, it was well I think done. It was, on a filmmaking level, it was so clever to, to have the traditional like Rocky style, getting ready for the fight montage in terms of showing what Donnie's doing and the fight training and then comparing that against, um, uh, Ricky Conlon's training. But then at the same time, as I said, having those scenes of Rocky's fight, which are a completely different kind of thing, but it's yes. personal victories of just getting up to the stairs one morning or just <laughs> surviving throwing up or just sitting there and being able to talk to him, you know? Yeah, sure. If he's just collapsed on a chair, at least he's there, he's in his corner, whatever. That's and right, right. And he helped, you know, like uh, Michael, I mean, uh, Donnie helps uh, Rocky um, make it to the to the pot to throw up, you know? I mean, exactly. there's yeah. he's helping him, they're helping each other physically and they found each other just at the right time. Yeah, yeah, which again is just, it's a beautiful thing in, in is, terms of yeah. the script writing and the idea mm -hmm. behind it is just, yeah, in this dumb boxing movie, it's just <laughs> big, isn't it? In this movie about relationships that has some boxing in it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I feel bad because I kind of like, we can't really talk to, and there is definitely a part of it that's to do with like the black experience in America. I don't want to feel like I'm glossing over that. It's just that I can't speak to that. But obviously in the characters of um, Donnie and Bianca in particular, it's like the two different sides of growing up in, as you say, LA or in Philly with money and not necessarily having money. And then their kind of connection with the worlds of hip hop and um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. people of color in, in boxing and sports, things like that yes. as well. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very aware that there's a lot there, but as I said, I'm not really the qualified person to speak on. <laughs> there is a lot there, and I'm I'm also not qualified, but I I did you know I've I've heard the music all my life. I've mm. I'm I'm around the 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 world of you know basically Southern California life, and and I've never been to Philadelphia, but you know in the yeah. in the first Rocky movie, there's all this. Um, people on the on the street corners singing there's there's the bebop guys and there's yeah. the people that know him and just such an homage to to philadelphia and bringing all the people i mean i loved the kids on motorcycles or on motorbikes mm. or their oh, their own yeah. i just love that oh yeah there's a scene. I, that's the the scene where it got my first tears was when <laughs> when he's running in the gray sweatsuit yeah um, okay <laughs> up a hill in a gray sweatsuit you know with friends around him so um that was really motivating i, I really liked it but i can't ex speak to the black experience but it's definitely something from familiar enough to me that i really appreciate it yeah it's so well done you can kind of tell it's a black filmmaker and and you know i think writer as well who's involved in this because it's like the culture is there and it's on oh yes too, i love that 
You know, it's right. not like, oh, we've then got to go into a whole talk and we've got to make it about racism and we've got to then. Right. It's like, no, it's part of everyone's life. We don't it need is. to point it out. But Yeah, you know, I mean, you, sorry, go you're not going to make an MBA movie and not have yeah. that. You're not going to bring uh, Southern California, United States of America uh, culture into it. You're just going to yeah. have that. You're going to have the music. I mean, even on the games that uh, yeah. the 2K games that that we play in my house, there's all kinds of, of hip hop and all kinds of, you know, music like that. And and there's it, it's just wonderful to see on on screen these strong black characters. I mean, yeah. Bianca's character is just so great. And even the guys making the sandwich sandwiches in Philly, oh, you know, I those guy. I love the scenes. I love how he says he's going to treat him right. Like I just it felt very um, someplace I want to go, you know, and I just experienced, I loved yeah. that. I love that experience. I love all the boxers. And yeah. I do love the fact that they say that um, the trainer is the son of Duke, who was a oh, like yeah. trainer as well in the original yeah. movie. Right. <laughs> oh, I loved how he, I, I love the scene where he says, I'm not training you. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'm not training you. You know, he doesn't want to devastate that family again. He says, you know, yeah. accidents happen and I'm not training you. And, Basically, I'm not going to let other people train you. And so he's like, oh, really? Okay, see ya. I'm going to go meet my unk. I'm going to go meet Uncle Rocky. Exactly. Yeah. Just before I, I get off the subject, though, in terms of, like, black culture and stuff, I would love to speak to somebody of color to see if I'm, I'm interpreting this the right way, but that's the way I read it is the one key scene when Donnie's at his lowest because he's kind of like he's pushed Rocky away with that, you're not my family. Bianca shut him out, and he needs something to raise him up in that moment, and he's slumped on the floor, and then... It's just a little black kid that walks by and just goes like, yo, are you the son of uh, Apollo Creed? He goes, yeah, he just goes, that's what's up. And it just seems to really perk him up like, yeah, I am. Yeah, that, yeah, that was cool. I mean, I don't know if that's about race, but I, I feel No, no, like I don't think so, about... but I just feel like uh, I right like, we don't really understand hearing mm -hmm. that's what's up. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to us, but right. to him it just feels like that was, you know, that was the yeah. perfect thing at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. Also, this is just a kid on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> and here he comes from, I mean, he literally bet his stang at the beginning, right? And yeah, right, yeah. It, you know, I mean, he grew up in this house with, with I mean, we haven't talked about Felicia Rashad's uh, oh, part yet but um and then he sees this kid this kid likes him this kid's ha isn't doing this thing with his life and he gets you know hanging around all these other kids that uh, instead of doing other things that people could do they're just they're riding motorcycles and bikes up this hill and and being together doing that and that i felt you know he went and it was a down such a low point for him because she had said nope go away and then he th mm. there was the lock was on the gym yeah but then there's this young man on the bike. Yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah. that's what's up. Absolutely. And it's such a good moment. As I said, a little yeah. subtle thing where it doesn't like blare the music at you. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Those mm -hmm. scenes work really well, but I also thought that was a great little moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we, we've kind of skirted around it. And I really have to say as well, massively underrated Felicia Rashad in this movie. Oh, um, I, have, I, <laughs> I mean, I wanted so much more of her. And, and yeah. um, I think... My, uh, David sent you something on Discord, you know, saying how great she was and her her um, her part was just so integral to it. And she just those little scenes, you know, she she it was great. I did want more of her, too. Oh, completely. I mean, from the very outset, when you learn that she's taken in this guy who's nothing to her, like uh -huh. it's her, her ex-husband who's now dead, <laughs> illegitimate son. And yet right. 
<laughs> she, she doesn't treat them as anything other than like her son. Yeah. And already you're just like, wow, I, I need to know more about this woman who's. Yeah, just, she's really. Like, can you imagine anybody doing that, you know? No, um, no way. But, uh, but yeah, it's just so good. And then, as you said, the fact that she makes you feel every inch of when he sort of says he's going to try and make it and he's quit his job and whatever else. And you as an audience member are like, oh, come on, man, already. Right. And she's like, yo, if you're going to go in somebody's reign, just don't worry about calling me back oh, again, which is implicit, but it's, it is it is a gut punch. And it yeah, is. it's kind of sad that she disappears for the majority of the film after that. You, know, you get the scenes of him trying the call and her not. Mm -hmm. picking up. But mm -hmm. again, talk about moments that bring you to tears is when he finds the little gift that he thinks initially is from Bianca and then opens it and it's his mom has sent him the kind of shorts and it's just like, oh, what? I know. <laughs> He's sobbing on the floor. You know, he puts them on. Yeah. He loves them. It's, they fit him perfectly like a yeah. glove. Did you see what and the fact that? that? Yeah, absolutely. The fact <laughs> that they have both Creed and Johnson mm -hmm. on them as well. Yeah, just like, it's amazing. Oh. It's Love just it. the whole movie is literally like accept who you are and, uh, you know, all sides of you. And you just get the sense that's his mother. Like, yeah, I get it. That This is a part of you, but you'll still always be my boy kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, well, she came around. At first she was like, hey, I don't want anything to do with boxing. So see ya. Yeah. And yeah. then she sent him these and, you know, that was great. But uh, one was, thing that make, you make me think of that one line where um, he asked Bianca, why do you make music? And she says, it makes me feel alive. And it's clear that the job he had at the financial place wasn't making him feel alive. And he's like, I got to go back to what I love. Yes. Yeah. I did. I have that exact note and I skipped over it. And I'm pretty oh. mentioning that because I love <laughs> Again, the writing kind of threads those two stories together without making it, it because he's like asking her when she says, why do you fight? And then he sort of throws a back at her, well, why do you do music? It's obviously the same. And she says, it makes me feel alive. And then uh -huh. even the key moment that when he like, you find out about her progressive hearing loss and stuff, which yeah. again, is such a, a well-written idea to have into this movie because it's drama without feeling melodramatic. Uh -huh. But when he asks her like, so what are you going to do? Because you know... You know, you're not going to be able to do this forever. And she just says, well, I want to do what I love for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And you just see him oh, like, yeah, win or lose, I'm going to do what I love for as long as I can. It's as simple right. as that. Absolutely. And, of course, that's why she plays the music loud. I mean, it all comes together. You know, she's just a little mini Beethoven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never put that together, but that's actually a really good uh, a good analogy. Yeah. A little mini Beethoven. <laughs> Yeah, the composer, not the dog. That's a different right. <laughs> We've talked about it for probably a bit too long, but I only have one very last note on the acting, which is a small one. Uh, and it's to say that um, there's an actor in this who's like a character actor who I've seen in a few other things called Graham McTavish. Uh, and he oh, did, yeah. uh, he plays um, Ricky Conlon's promoter in this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's a thankless, really small role, but he's so good in it because yes. he has to sell so much. Like he has to sell to Conlon, you've got to do this, it's great. I'm trying to keep you out of jail. I'm trying to look out for your kids and stuff. Right. And you've also got to sell to Rocky and Adonis. Yeah, this is the chance of a lifetime for you. So he's got to kind of, you know, thread that needle as well. Uh, and he manages to keep all of these sort of disparate things. And then at the very end in the fight, you feel his exasperation when he's just like, what are you doing? You should be killing this guy, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he really, he, he played an integral part. I mean, we learned that um, our pretty boy, uh, has kids and that he's saying like, look, you're going away. You're yeah. going away. What are you doing for your family? 
Yeah. You know, we don't know how long he's going to have to serve his time for. We don't know how old his kids are. But just that one point he made to him, this is for your children. Yeah, I'm I'm the one here trying to make sure your kids still have a roof over their head. When yeah. You're that, it's like, yeah. Wow. You know? <laughs> and yeah. again, such a lot of information about that person's character, who's a nothing character in the movie, but it's right there in one line, just kind of he's got that responsibility because that's what trainers do. And then again, that reminds you of that's what Rocky is to Adonis as well. So naturally yeah, that one is there. So yeah. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> and we should point out he is actually uh, the guy who plays Ricky Connell and Tony Bellew is, you know, a real boxer. Uh, I think I his acting that. kind of betrays that fact because as an actor, he's a great boxer. <laughs> yeah, luckily, luckily boxers just need, uh, in the acting roles just kind of need to look intense and yeah. focused. And, yeah. you know, you have to have your head in the game, you know, and they, they all did it very well. Yeah. I did feel a little bit like he's he's the weak link in terms of whenever they're showing him doing the interviews with the sports channels or at the press conference and stuff. I'm just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a good job that the role that you're required to portray is just you because you're still not doing a fantastic <laughs> job. At but saying uh, that, he does kind of sell me with one of the best lines of the film, which I can't talk about yet, but we'll get into it. Okay, okay. Um, looking forward to that. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I'll move on to the writing and the plot because we've, again, rambled for too long about that. I like rambling. Uh, yeah, happily, especially about things that we enjoy, spoiler alert. Absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, the, the first thing I have about the writing and the plot is I did think, if I'm being critical for one second, that it was very cliche that young Adonis was like, oh, he's always fighting in the care hubs and everything. And I was like, oh, it's a little bit. I get it, but it still came off a little bit like, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know? It did. Um, it, yeah, agreed. But, you know, it's necessary and it doesn't dwell on it, so we'll forgive it. And at least it brings uh, Felicia Richard's performance in. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I, I don't know if the film wants you to have no sympathy for him at first, but I struggled when it's just like, I'm just going to quit my job and, you know, walk away. And I'm just like, I hate in films when people do that. Like, it's just that easy. Like, oh, I'll just quit my job, move away, I'll be fine. Like, yeah. I'm on the streets, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't have the best of sympathies for him at first, but again, yeah. I think that's the point. Um, I, I get that, like I said, the whole th film to me thematically is about claiming your heritage and, and the parts of you. And that starts with the kind of mixed message at the beginning when he hears about um, Apollo Creed and just goes, well, he ain't not, nothing to do with me at first, which is completely, you know, full circle by the end of the movie when it's like, no, you're wearing his shorts, you've got his name and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, because uh, he doesn't even go by Creed, does it? He, he uses Johnson and... Uh, right. Well, that's that's yeah. such an interesting point, if I may interject here. Yeah, remember, uh, yeah. You remember um, Little Creed, when he's talking and, and, and um, Felicia Rasad's character is there and, and he said, um, what was his name? Because mm. he didn't know his name. And then naming is a theme throughout the movie. He doesn't want to use that. You know, he's very yeah, cautious I'm... about using his name. And Definitely. that's one thing we learn is that he didn't even know his dad's name. Yeah. Well, he didn't know who his dad was because his dad didn't want him, I guess, even though, as I said, that, that's that lovely moment at the end when they ask, what would you say to your dad? And he says, yeah. like, I know I know you didn't want to give me up. I know you still love me. And I understand, you know, kind of thing, which is yeah. again, a level of acceptance for a, an internal trauma that's not made explicit, but right. Meh, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I kind of went on a runner with some notes here. So forgive me because I was putting this in the same place throughout and I was like, 
every time, like they really do drum this into you because it comes up so many times that it's about claiming that name and that legacy. Mm -hmm. Not long after that, until you get like, um, what is it? There's a news report from, I think it's HBO News Sports or something about, um, you know, when they find out that he's a creed, which he didn't want to say because he wanted to claim his own legacy or all those things that, you know, people say. And then they literally see on the news report, ooh, will he damage the legacy of that name? And it's like, I get it. I get what you're saying. And I get that you're saying that's probably, yeah, a little bit what he's afraid of as much as he might not claim it. Um, and then, like I said, immediately straight from that, you get Conlon saying, ah, oh, I don't want to fight him. He's just a name. He hasn't earned it. You know, doesn't deserve this shot. Right. But then, you know, it's a strainer being like, well, he's a sure thing and, you know, you need to keep a roof over your kids' heads. <laughs> um, and again, Bianca, as we said, being the character that kind of sees everyone and calls through everyone's BS is the one that's like, yeah, you say you don't want anything to do with him, but you literally are just trying to channel him through Rocky. That's the whole point that you went to him. You know, so... Um, yeah and he does say eventually when he admits it i'm afraid of taking the name and losing and then gets told well it's yours <laughs> it is yours it's your name mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, again yeah. and uh you know in, in the press conference again they make it very explicit with you're a false creed nice shorts boy too bad your daddy isn't here to fight at them when he gets yeah. the shorts as well um <laughs> and then you know the, again i just love the glib response by rocky of like yo you're gonna close his big mouth after he says that. yeah like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and again that's the fact that that leads to the turnaround at the end of the fight and as i said that kind of key again which i can't talk about yet but i'll get to it that kind of key moment when he gets told you know your dad will be <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i love that so yeah that's what i had about that the kind of theme of uh claiming your legacy in your own name and finding out who you are which again probably ties into the kind of black cultures are part of things i suppose as well of like a lot of people might not know their true African names or whatever, so there's a little hint of that there um, sprinkled in, which shouldn't be ignored, perhaps. But yeah, did you pick up on all of this throughout the movie as well? Or? I I definitely got up the naming thing, the true the true name and everything. Um, and again, you know, on a on a larger thematic level, yeah, it, even his name being Adonis, you know, his father being Apollo, they're both named after kind of Greek gods, aren't they? Both? Right. Yes. It's not and, a god. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're, and the arrogance of Apollo, yeah. though, I mean, I, I'm just glad they didn't have him, you know, have Adonis all of a sudden come in all showy the way that... Uh, <laughs> you didn't want him dancing to live again Oh, oh geez. Oh, that's so... I remember the first time I saw that and I'm going, oh, no, please. This is so... Uh, and that big, huge Uncle Sam hat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a funny outtake, though, right? But still, oh, drop the. I love huge... that moment in that movie. I just love oh, that. Oh, I know. <laughs> of course, it was also, you know, Cold War stuff and everything political oh. involved, you know. So that's a whole nother podcast. Oh, completely. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd love to record it someday. Maybe I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that's when I first joined the military. Really? The American right. military, you know, that right. during the. Cold War, so yeah, I'm in. Wow, so you saw Apollo Creed giving the old, you know, your country needs you, and we're like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it, Apollo, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned this before on another podcast that it was just coincidence that I went in like three months before uh, Top Gun, the first movie, came out, right, yeah. and then all of a sudden the whole world's joining the Navy, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> come on now, come on, that bandwagon. You didn't need Tom Cruise to tell you. I didn't need no Tom Cruise 
F14 thing. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> um, I should say as well that I, I forgot to to bring this up earlier in the notes, but it's uh, it's very telling that we finally, after all this time, find out who won that behind closed doors Rocky Creed third fight from yeah. the end of Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so daft, but I'm not sure if I like that it's actually revealed because I loved the fact that that was always a mystery. It like freeze framed at the end of the movie, and it was. Mm-hmm. But saying that, this movie is all about Creed and his legacy, so giving that win to him, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It makes sense. Part of me still thinks, like, is he telling the truth? Because, like, Creed's dead. He can't really refute it. And his son comes to you, you're not going to be like, who won the fight? I did. Kicked his ass. (laughs) Oh, reverse psychology on Rocky's Rocky's, uh, behalf. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So to my mind, it's still quite mysterious because you still don't necessarily know if he's telling the truth. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I wanted to, uh, well, I wanted you to talk a little bit about this because it was the first thing you mentioned after watching the movie is the, the first date with the, the sort of Philly cheesesteak. And you asked me if I'd ever had a one. I haven't, by the way. But um, I was just wondering why that scene specifically grabbed you and what you liked about it. You mean when they go to the authentic restaurant that yeah. she plays it? Oh, because it's a very uh, regional it's mm. sort of like uh, maybe a pastrami sandwich or something here, but I'm sure you have things in your area that just are regional. Mm. But it was, the word I was used was legit. It was a right. legit scene. You walk in, these guys definitely look like they actually do this. And they're doing it on the grill with those uh, metal chop, 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 chop. And she's like, yeah. hey, <laughs> we need both kind of peppers. So like, she's really, she knows it's got to have both kind of peppers on it. She said, um, I think she said ketchup. It's so American. Yeah, got you. So, yeah, and as I said, I I got a bit of that with, like, recognizing Goodison Park in England when they were yes, there. Yes, yes. Hey, I, I know. <laughs> not far from where I live. But yeah, but there, so. I feel like no matter what, I'm in Los Angeles. They Nobody is going to tell me I've ever had a real Philly cheesesteak. They'll say, well, this, you got to go there. Or like a Chicago pizza thing. I mean, mm. uh, you know, or like a Texas barbecue versus North Carolina barbecue. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just really seems like Philly is a place for cheesesteak. And that made me, of course, want one. So <laughs> I feel like we all need to go there. <laughs> well, yeah, let's just organize a trip to Philly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I've, it's not something that really ever made it over here, the whole idea of the, the cheesesteak. So I don't think we've even got like fake versions or like lower class versions or anything. It's just. Oh, that's funny. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought the reason, one of the reasons you might have hooked onto that scene is that it's just such a genuine, cool first date. And a lot of the kind of key moments of the movie come in there when he's talking True. to Bianca and mm-hmm. he's explaining that only knowing the bad swear words. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. And that's same here. When I first learned Spanish, I, <laughs> when I was a little girl growing up with other kids that speak Spanish around you, that's what I can remember. I can still say two of the bad words and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she teaches him the sign language for bullshit and that was she doesn't just see it, it's the sort of subtle way of like, get it, that's a bull, that's the horns, and mm-hmm. then duh. <laughs> so it's like, yep, yep, I get what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. And foreshadowing later in their relationship, however long it goes, she ain't putting up with none of this BS. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And then, as I've already said, the, uh, you know, comparing the way they feel about their passions is key to both characters, isn't it? So, mm, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly when this comes in, but it must be after that in terms of that's where it is in my notes. But again, a lovely, powerful moment is when Rocky has started training 
uh, Donny, and he just literally he's in front of a mirror and just points at that and goes, "That's your toughest opponent." Yes. <laughs> like yourself, yeah. like yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the kind of you know Instagram <laughs> quotes that you can get from these Rocky movies because yeah, you can argue they're cheesy or whatever, but they're bloody true as well, you know. So it is yeah. You first you've got to conquer the hardest opponent, which is yourself. You know? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because when I was watching that, I said, you know, that's kind of how I feel right now with uh, my youngest son. He's going through uh, really tough courses in high school, college type courses. He just got put on the varsity basketball team. Like I'm thinking, and and, and sometimes he procrastinates his homework. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you have to teach yourself time management. You're your your one you have to really fight against because he wants to be here on this computer. Mm. Yeah. So it works in, in in all kinds of things. It would work in any sport. It works real, and it seemed like he could also be talking to him as a young actor. Yeah, completely, absolutely. It seems it's, so uh, legit. Yeah. Again, there's another moment that I think it's it's so universal in this movie about boxing and whether it's the writer or it was a Stallone ad lib or whatever but I love when um he, he kind of goes to answer him back Donnie and uh, Rocky just goes yo you can't learn anything talking if you're talking you're not listening yes what yeah, a meme brilliant life it, yes <laughs> I bet there I bet you there's a million creed memes and I haven't even been using any yet gotta get out there and I need the google machine but I love that. I'm like, I hope there are some teachers watching this movie that take that and use it against kids that are mouthing off in school and stuff. Because yes. like, that is, or, or like parents that are just like, yo, if you're talking, you can't listen, you can't mm-hmm. learn anything. That's so, right. Yeah, awesome. I love that, and I love that. Yeah, Rocky I love that. Is, you know, because as as I've said, sort of earlier, Rocky, this guy that is portrayed as a little bit not always the smartest, is like in a lot of ways he's the smartest of them all. He's given this like yeah. world advice. That's you know? right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. And again, speaking of that, the idea of, you know, one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time that just Mm -hmm. repeats throughout, which again is, it it echoes through so much, not just in terms of like mental battles with depression or Rocky's battle that he faces and then the opposite training and everything. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's one of those things that you can have as like a mantra, simple as it is, but it's great. I like it. It is. And it's, it suits so many parts of our lives, doesn't it? Like even uh, Alcoholics Anonymous one yeah. day at a time, one minute at a time, like those kind of things. So he really does well teaching focus. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And as you said, it, it, it even comes up later, doesn't it? When um, when they're climbing the steps at the very end and, you know, he's not letting Rocky give up, even though it is obviously exhausting. He's recovering from treatment and stuff. And he's like, yo, one step at a time. And that gets literally. <laughs> exactly. Know? Right. And remember the very beginning of Rocky, he couldn't make it all the way up those the first yeah, and time he goes, when he runs right. up, and that's exactly why the right. statue is like him. At yes, the, you know, yeah. And now he goes back. Now he—that's when he was in his prime, and now yeah. as his life, as he's aging, he's he can't make it all the way up. Yeah, and again, this is—I'll uh, bring it up now because it just came into my mind now. But it's uh, what what you were saying about like Stallone and Rocky's comedic timing, because that's one of the moments is when he says, um, "I'm sure they've added a few more stairs." Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, that's comedic, t- or like when he says, "Oh, chicken must be chickens must be getting slower." I was just gonna say that was the thing exactly. I was gonna <laughs> oh, bring up like when, he, when he catches the chicken, he's gonna rock <laughs> It's like, oh, the chickens must be getting slower. Oh yeah, clear. it's obvious. It's clear, clearly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> these new, fa- these young chickens. Yeah, chickens yeah. these days, they're just not as fast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it is. It's like grumpy old man, but in the yeah. best way, you know. Uh, <laughs> awesome, love it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but in regards to that, because this kind of links to 
conveniently a note that I made, which I hadn't realized in this way, that like the film has that kind of cheeky sense of humor at times. So that after his first fight, when Adonis has won and he's like celebrating and he's like, what are we doing after this? Yay. And they say something like, we can go find a party or whatever. And then the movie just cuts and they're all just asleep on the couch. Completely yeah. out. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. You have that adrenaline rush. You think you can yeah. do it. But as yeah, soon as you... Just, let's nope. go dancing all night, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go down to yeah. Hollywood. Nope. Yeah. It's uh, in, in just really good dialogue where the, the moments come up, like making up with Rocky took a lot. And yet when he says, like, if it was anybody else in my corner, I wouldn't do it meaning take mm-hmm. it the the conlon fight mm-hmm. and you believe that you're like yep yeah, i can kind of see exactly where you're coming from and that's that's the biggest compliment you could give him <laughs> you do it's a it's a it's a trust relationship it really came through that there is trust yeah yeah definitely, definitely. um yeah I, I mean i think i've talked more or less about some of the other things the scene in the jail was really powerful but i think that's the strength of that is the acting that i've talked about um, the film isolating Donnie at his lowest, but then having him rise up in the little ways that we mentioned, the little kid on the bike and such. And uh, yeah, uh, that's what's up. And then um, <laughs> that's it, really. I think, yeah, the, the, the writing just repeats a lot of the stuff that I had already gotten at. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, it could have been potentially really convenient and dodgy, and I normally wouldn't like this, that... Um, after Bianca's kind of effectively broken up with him, you know, we should do our own thing. She just turns up uh, in that way. Obviously, you have the funny scene with Rocky, as we talked about, you know, comedic timing when he's like, just looking at the door. Like, <laughs> that was funny. What are you doing? What are you looking at? What's going on? What are you yeah. <laughs> and it's just but like, you know, yeah. timing, you know. But, and um, he knew, he just, he knew oh. that, that uh, they needed to have each other, you know. He knew, Rocky yeah. knew that he had to go get her bring her there he knew what was going on again i believe that even though i would normally be like oh you're convenient the girlfriend's just completely forgiving you and whatever else and but it's just it's believable and uh yeah i think that was more or less everything did you have any other notes about the writing or the general plot in the movie uh no good on both great good and wonderful on both parts as far as i'm concerned Awesome. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so then I just have a few notes about the direction. Uh, if you're again happy for me to, to hit the lead and just spring off that, maybe. Absolutely. Um, I've already talked about, yeah, it's good seeing effectively Donnie watching Rocky 2, I think it is, Rocky and Apollo's second fight, because we can already identify with him that way. Like, yeah, he does what we do. Um, so I appreciate the director having that moment of watching, you know, the film within a film. Um, and there's a lot of moments, I think, that are the meta version of that where the film is playing respect to its Rocky legacy without feeling like a copy. So the arrival montage in Philly with the kind of cool song on it uh, is one moment where I was like, yeah, this is very Rocky and yet it's got its own identity by using like the hip hop music and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, that. I thought it was really clever the way they used actual channels like HBO sports or ESPN, etc., to show like the actual boxing parts to get that exposition out of the way and just conveniently done with. Um, so you didn't have to dwell too much on it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I love Max Kellerman being there. Oh right, <laughs> it means nothing to me not being an American. But well, from um, if you want me to speak on it a little bit, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, just from where I'm from, Los Angeles, there's just so much, uh, so many sports teams, 
And so, you know, besides the Dodgers and the Lakers and the Clippers, I mean, now there's soccer and all kinds of other, you know, the Galaxy, LA Galaxies here, and there's so much sports. So we have, you know, probably like you do a sports radio mm-hmm. uh, channels, numerous AM and FM and... Uh, Oh, we have TV channels and everything, yeah. Just- oh, yeah, actually, we have TV <laughs> too. But, yeah. uh, but driving in the car, you know, just growing up here, you listen, you know, which channels are sports channels, and and mm-hmm. I've listened for years, and sometimes it's a nice break to just listen to sports radio. And um, Max Kellerman's um, often on here. I'm sure he's on across the country, but I don't, I don't know. But um, he, he's, he's. A, just an expert on sports and he's worked with a lot, a lot of people and he had, he's been on TV recently, but um, it's well known that even though he, he knows everything about the Lakers and the Dodgers, like he knows all the stuff, but he is well known as that his sport is boxing. That's his thing. So it floored me the first time through. And I'm like, Oh, Max Gellerman. I mean, and, and it, it worked out for me because he's he'll always say, I know boxing, you know, hey, and even in boxing, this happens and this happens. So he's he's popular. He's smart. Um, it, it just seemed like a good person. But I, it was just great to see him in the movie. I see what you mean. You've helped kind of quantify the point that I was trying to make, which is that it's good that they use real things as well to do that, like the actual channels and presenters right, and stuff that exist. Right. It's not like, oh, this is channel six or whatever. And it's right. made of, oh, like, and the narrator, the narrator from the HBO special on mm-hmm. uh, Conlon, that's the yeah. guy that does the real sports shows. I figured it would be, yeah. The yeah, that's our guy. The, yeah, he 30, does all the, tells stories. the stories. Yeah, and then that's the voice. Mm-hmm. It's very distinct, distinctive. I wish I had written down his name, but. Um, I don't know, but we can, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) call back. We have to do a call back on it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, this is a bit of a sad thing. I probably should have put this in the behind the scenes thing, but I did read that, um, when they first go to Rocky's house, there's a picture of Rocky's son. Um, and it is actually Rocky's real life son who he just lost around the time of making this movie. Oh, I know. Yeah. Which was really sad. It was like a heart condition or something. Um, and for a while Stallone was apparently like reluctant to make the, the movie, but has said that the experience of making it helped him deal with that grief, which is a lovely thing. I really appreciate that, um, on a, you know, human level, but he didn't, he didn't choose to have that image there. It was Ryan Coogler who insisted on having mm. little Robert Stallone somewhere in the movie. Mm. And when I heard that, I was just in tears. <laughs> I was just like, that is such a sweet little tribute moment as well. And it's just really, like, oh, yeah. bless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that scene hits very hard when you know that, when Donnie's like, oh, who's that? And then he picks the image up and you can kind of, you see the real, I think, affection there from Stallone when he's like, that's my son. And then has to go and see talk about, oh, we don't talk and he lives elsewhere. And, the, you know, the fictional version of his son, but. It's there, I think, anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, on a, on a you know, lighter note, I love the way that the training montages literally kind of ramp up with the film. So to me, I thought the first montage with Rocky was a little bit flat. It didn't seem like there was, you know, as much energy and stuff going into it, but it literally gets, every time you see them training, it seems like it's more and more intense. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the, and, and the jumping rope part, especially, because didn't Rocky struggle with it? Yeah, in yeah. the first movie, so he has to. Uh, the jumping rope just gets so so much better, and I love the part where they're doing the. Uh, I'm sure there's an official word for it, but that little boxing bag. I love what they're doing that together. Yeah, the punch bag. Oh yeah, punch that bag, was, Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not actually a punch bag. I know what you mean. It's the one that hangs from the ceiling. I forget. Right, I can't remember the name of it, but um, and it's funny yeah. because I feel like it's another one of those spontaneous moments because Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone grabs the bag that uh, mm-hmm. the, the other bag and like pretends to stop because he gave up. You know, yeah, like a contest. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still yeah, it's just real moments. It is. It's great. Yeah. Um, on a filmmaking level, because I'm supposed to be talking about direction, um, there's a lot of cool tracking shots that are done in one. And um, the two main ones are when he first goes to the gym, the camera follows behind Donnie and Rocky the entire way up the stairs in one shot, right the way around the ring and everything, which is just gorgeous to look at. And related to that, when he first goes into the ring at Goodison Park, it does exactly the same. It tracks Creed from the dressing room right the way through the kind of, you know, entry area and whatever into the actual ring, right around the ring. It comes around the back of his head to show his front of his face and how he's feeling. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful camera work. And you can kind of even feel the claustrophobia when you're going up the stairs in the gym. Yeah, and I think that's the point is that you can almost yeah. get that sense of like this is his point of view in a way yes. without mm-hmm. getting overly cheesy with it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you, you are going there with him. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's also handy in the last shot that it also shows the scope and scale of how many people are in the crowd. Because mm-hmm. obviously as it pans around, you're just like, and they're all cheering for Conlon at that point. So right. you're like, yeah, man, that must be intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I again, I don't know why I've got this in direction, but I did kind of love that. Um, you know, the moments of Creed, don't call me that when he's calling him Baby Creed. I'm trying to show you respect, and then they're getting into a fight. And because again, I don't really know who's side at moment. That like I don't blame Adonis for acting the way that he did, but he also did definitely escalate things more than he needed to in the initial phase. If you know what I mean, but. Um, but could you have walked away from a stranger saying that that's a, a way to get whatever he said about his dad? Yeah, he said it's a... like, he's, he's, he's in the wrong right the way until he hears, um, what is it? You'll get a VIP pass next that's to your it. dad in the ground talking about that or something. Right. And, like, and could yeah, you have, point, you know... At that point, I, mean, I have fucked him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I like seeing as i said felicia richard watching the fight on tv and just the little subtle things in the performance like when he he calls out it's from my mom i hope you're watching and she's like yeah, give me a heart attack but i love you something like that mm-hmm. it's really good um i love that again this is just all information about the fight which applies to a lot like every rocky movie but i do love it the way that it's like it's a psychological battle as much as it is a physical one so and, and they say that it's in the commentary but it's like you've got to survive the round you've just got to not get too worn down and uh you know bring the fight to him and he'll get shocked because you're supposed to be a sure thing and yeah <laughs> and there's even the dialogue it's you against you out there from the commentators and i'm like yeah we all heard eye of the tiger we we know the line. oh yes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah and then the way that it shows like montages of blood splashing to show the passing of rounds and stuff uh, like, so uh. clever and when Creed's down, again, it could and perhaps should be cheesy, but they're like life flashing before his eyes when it's prompting him to to get up because otherwise he'd have been timed out, obviously, given the 10 count. And it's like, I yeah. loved that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, and this was such a cool little clever moment that I think I didn't notice the first time I watched the movie. But like when they're trying to see if he can carry on with the fight and they've obviously cut the like black eye and whatever else. Uh, but he still clearly can't see all that well. So it's like, how many fingers am I holding up? And you see that Rocky's behind him tapping that number of fingers on his neck so he doesn't have to actually see. Now, <laughs> was it Rocky tapping the numbers or was it the guy doing the count, holding the fingers up? Because wasn't there a glove or was it Rocky? 
Oh, it was. I don't know if it was necessarily Rocky, but it was someone that's in uh, Adonis's corner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess it would have to be. Was, yeah. yeah. The referee yeah. was showing the numbers, and they were just like, "Yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "I get that. I appreciate that. That's pretty cool." Um, yeah, and again, just like the first Rocky, I love that it's kind of a split decision, but that he doesn't have to win. It doesn't. It's not about that. It's the moral victory. Could have necessarily done without the actual hallmark pointing that out of um, yeah, Conlon wins the fight, but Creed wins the night. I was like, yeah, we know <laughs> you didn't. That's you know, you don't need that dialogue to point it out to us. We're aware. That's the point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But again, oh, just lovely moments in dialogue when Rocky says, you taught me how to fight again. I want you to fight too. You know, I, I want to prove I'm not a mistake. And this is yeah, all that, was, that fight. <laughs> that whole thing about a mistake, because clearly he was just uh, maybe one night stand. You don't even know, like, how long did Apollo know his mother? Yeah. Did they really have any feelings? I mean, and that's what, when he said just a mistake, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting writing. You know, yeah. are they saying he's a mistake to have left his job and to go into boxing? Or was he, as a human being, oh, I think created it's, 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 as a mistake, says, you know? I want, to, I want to prove I'm not a mistake, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it kind yeah. of struck me for a moment. I'm like, oh, that's ha- kind of heavy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The whole like the idea of the crowd switching from chanting the the other guy to chanting Creed, it's been done in the Rocky films before, but it's still cool. I like it. It's a sweet moment. Well, it is still cool, and it's for this generation of watchers. Yeah. True, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, it's for this generation. They, they maybe if they haven't seen the Rocky movies, they they're like, "Oh, did you hear that? Oh, did you hear they just they changed sides?" I mean, that'd be a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was the other thing that I had. That, again, dialogue at the end where. They say something along the lines of, oh, you've got Rocky Balboa calling you family. What does it mean to you? And mm. he just responds like it means I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, and then, as I mentioned earlier, like, what would you say to your father? I, I would just say, I understand. I love you. And, I know. you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. And then, yeah, just um, the very last sort of note on direction that I have. It is really fantastic that they end on those famous steps and... Uh, you know, emphasizing both of the battles and that that's when the kind of gonna fly now Rocky theme kicks in and you know right. a, wise, a wise man told me one step at a time. Ah, oh, who told you that? Ah, oh, some old guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting to me because I felt like that is exactly how it would go. You know, yeah. you would at some point you would drive by a place with your nephew or your niece when you're older and you would say, Hey, this is where uh, where I was born, or you would show them parts of your mm. life. And th- when they, they did it this way, it wasn't melodramatic. It wasn't this huge like moment. It was just like a normal part of their day. I'm going to show, you know, let's walk up these steps. I mean, it, it, it wasn't overdone. I liked it. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that it was literally the last shot in the film because I think it makes it more powerful saving it for that. And making <clears throat> yeah. the last shot of the film, those two looking over in that triumphant pose, almost like looking over the whole of Philadelphia. And I was like, yep, that's a fantastic last shot of your movie, really, isn't it? So Great yeah. way to end. Absolutely. Um, I have the grand sum of one note about visual effects, because it's not really that kind of movie. But I did have um, just on that, that I appreciate the genius idea that somebody had of putting all of the fighters' stats on the screen as we meet them. Um, so, <laughs> I, yeah. I really, really like that. Yeah, I really yeah. like that because then people are like, oh, this is for real. Like these, I yeah. really love that, those, those um, images like that and that paused and put them on yeah. there. And oops, the first watch through, I thought that that was great. 
I love it because it's so it, again it saves so much time of having to have a character in there saying this is such and such he's had 16 fights six knockouts he's undefeated and whatever and it gets it all out the way like that and yet it is all information that you know the character has to have so it gives the audience like this is guy is intimidating it's yeah so that's right this is yeah. gonna be a tough one or whatever but it's just like <laughs> i appreciated that yeah definitely definitely so do you have any other quick notes on like directing or um you know the, the general vfx if any are no uh, i didn't i did i had something about the product placement i okay. thought wow they really put a lot of stuff in there you know what uh, um i noticed that it was interesting because like in a, in america they they uh they do a lot of beer mm-hmm. a lot of beer placement yeah and it was interesting to me that the placement i saw mostly was for tecate beer which is, of course, yeah. a Mexican beer. And the first fight he had was in Mexico. Was, yeah, because that's that's how he kind of... And so I appreciated that it was sort of bringing back, you know, I didn't... Maybe I missed the Budweiser stuff because I blocked it out. No, or something, I didn't. But I, didn't I noticed, it. yeah, I noticed Tecate. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool because it's, it's again, you know, kind of a Southern yeah, California. Yeah, that's the whole point is that it's not on his official record, but he has four multiple fights in Mexico unofficially, as he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No. The only product placement I noticed is that they weren't shy of um, showing like sports brands, which um is very rare. So I think it was when he's first talking to Bianca and he kind of thinks he's blown it, or perhaps when she turns shuts the door and him, he turns around and he's wearing a like a Nike shirt or something, and the logo is so blatantly visible. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder how much they paid you to be. All right, there's the Michael Jordan jump man yeah. uh, in one of the shots, and I was like, oh boy, that's. classic 2015 Uh, so the last thing that i have any notes on then is just the sound and the music and again i'm not really an expert but i had found some information so i'll just spout it out if you don't mind um spout away the musical score for this was written by swedish composer composer ludwig goranson who we know from various other things, including The Mandalorian for the first couple of seasons. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a really good uh, composer. He's only the third composer in the history of the Rocky series, following Bill Conti, who did Rocky 2, 3, 5, and Balboa, and Vince DiCola, who did Rocky 4. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) very signature sound. Uh, Creed also features a soundtrack, as we mentioned, that consists mostly of music new to the series, including hip-hop tracks by artists like Future, Meek Mill, and White Dave. One tribute to Conti's original soundtrack is included. The track You're a Creed uses both Gonna Fly Now and Going the Distance, mm-hmm. uh, which are both uh, sort of musical tracks from, I think, Rocky One or maybe two, mm-hmm. both uh, Bill Conti tracks. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, any other last thoughts before we go into favorite character moment or line then, uh, Adrian? No. Yeah, we're good. Awesome. Keep awesome. on keeping on. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do that then, and then I'll uh, jump to the audience response, and then we'll finish with our kind of conclusion and uh, score out of five. <laughs> Um, so I'll come to you first as the guest. Who was your favorite character in the movie and why? <laughs> I just love uh, Sly Stallone's character. I just, I really love Rocky. I just, it really about, um, I just think it's mostly about him, you know, and uh, what's happening in his life and what he's doing for others and how he was isolated and came out and how he feels his strength. But, you know, he, now he needs somebody. You know, and and that somebody is not even a blood relative. I mean, I just think they really did this this movie. Well, I think uh, he definitely deserved that Golden Globe Award. And I just think his his little uh, 
rocky, classic, funny timing of little comments is really made me actually laugh a couple times and that felt good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm pleased to hear that you enjoyed it as somebody that wasn't uh, necessarily like rooting to watch it as well. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, in terms of my favorite character, I'm cheating for the first time because I tried and tried and I can't choose between Adonis and Rocky in this movie because they both have such strong storylines. I could easily have went with Bianca as well, but it would be silly starting to go into that area. But, yeah, those two are clearly the focus, but I couldn't. I wanted to kind of go with Rocky, but felt like it's not giving Adonis his due. And towards the end of the movie, I really was feeling his journey and the idea of earning your place in the world, your name and everything. So I was like... I just, I can't pick between those two, so I'll have to pick two. So, yeah, for me, it's Adonis and Rocky are my favorite there characters. There you go. Well, they're very parallel, aren't they? Yeah, yeah really. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. you fight, I fight is right. point, yeah. Um, awesome. We could, we could call them uh, Radonis. <laughs> Rocky Creed. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so what was your favorite uh, moment or scene in the film, then? Well, I'd still say the chicken thing of running. Like, I, I, I chose a humorous spot okay, uh, I, I I love that but um I also like the spontaneous uh cheesecake um oh, song the he made but the <laughs> Philly cheesesteak cheesecake part I liked I like how they had the little toy piano I thought that was yeah. really they didn't have to have wonderful. that in there a lot of musicians play around with those so of she's course. doing interesting stuff I like that scene Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think we've emphasized there's literally so many scenes we could have picked. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to have to be like obvious and it, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the final fight. It is what everything builds to, as it is with all the Rocky movies. Uh, but that's not to say there aren't equally brilliant scenes all the way through. Just that was the point where I was like, because that is the focus. It's what you're heading towards. That was that I really, uh, where I was really the most engaged. So yeah, but mm -hmm. do watch the film. There's lots of other great scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, finally, what was your favorite line in the movie? The chicken line. Chickens are getting slower. <laughs> That's what made me okay. actually laugh okay. a lot. Okay. But, um, I love the motivation stuff that made me think about how I could use that with my own family, about how you're your own. You're, you know, basically, you're your own worst enemy. You're fighting yourself. Mm. I love that. Yeah. There's lots of that. There's a great um, whole speech in Rocky Balboa which is about that. Yeah, nobody's going to hit harder than life. And uh, mm -hmm. it's all mm -hmm. over the internet, so you can probably find it. It's a meme a thousand times over at this point. But uh, yeah. So um, yeah. My favorite line then, as I've kind of alluded to throughout, is from Conlon at the end of his fight with Creed, where he just says, um, you're the future of this division. Your daddy would be proud. Because oh, that really, yeah. the very first time I watched this movie, and again, probably every time since, that was tears to the eye moment of mm -hmm. like, that's your vindication, that's your actual kind of like, oh, yes, you you found yourself, you know? Um, yeah, Michael Jordan, great actor. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, as I said, that even for a not great actor, the uh, Tony Bellew, the boxer, he, he sold that line for me, and it was very emotional. So that was what I would go with. So, <laughs> yeah, good choice. So, um, we're going to jump ahead to the um, audience interaction then, uh, and then we'll get on to our scores, if that's okay with you, uh, Adrian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're new to us, we always put out like on social media uh, a little prompt to ask what other people thought of this movie. As I said, not a lot of people had seen it, so there's not a ton of responses, but I found a few, um, including Adrian's husband, David. Thank you again, David, for doing that. Um, we were short on responses, so it was good to hear from somebody who saw the movie. Um, you can reach us to do that, by the way, on all social medias. We are no longer on Twitter, but you can find us on Mastodon, Facebook, Instagram, 
or as I say, if you ask on our social medias or send us a private message, you can join our Discord, which is a great and welcoming place for all. Um, so with that out of the way then, Creed. On Discord, Christian's Hobby Blog uh, said, I thought it was a great send up to the original series. Some aspects didn't work as well, like the instant romance between Creed and his girlfriend. I have to disagree there. Um, I loved the internal struggles that Creed had trying to be his own person instead of being under the shadow of his dad. Michael B. Jordan's acting was really great in this movie too, and the ending shot where he runs up the same steps with older Rocky that Rocky did 40 years or so ago was a great ending. Just to throw in my thoughts for Creed too, because why not? I thought it was slightly unnecessary and felt fan servicey. I hope the third brings back the strengths of the original Creed. Again, I have to slightly disagree, but you know, appreciate your uh, opinion. That's fine. Um, over on uh, my friends on Letterboxd, um, someone called Robert, who was a patron, sorry, I don't have your surname, uh, gave the film four and a half star stars and says, one of my favorite theater experiences, such raw emotion in that theater, a lot of onions being peeled, Stallone not winning that Oscar is a travesty. Um, also on Letterboxd, Alec Greer gave it five stars and says, one of 2015's grandest achievements, along with Inside Out, Mad Max Fury Road, Bridge of Spies and The Martian. Man, that was a great year for film. Um, uh, Paul Denuzio on Letterboxd, PLV said, I watched with the wife and she was sucked in, so now I have a date to Creed 2. Um, I thought this time what a great decision <laughs> to hold back on the Rocky music until the most climactic moment. It could have been overused and that would have been really a detriment to overuse it, but by holding back and having it come in full force after the most emotional moment of the film, it just totally hit it out of the park. I cry like a child every time during that moment. Thank you, PLD. <laughs> Uh, and Marion on Letterboxd gave it five stars as well and said the fact that this movie only got one Oscar nomination is a crime. Okay. <laughs> and I think the final ones, uh, okay, over on Mastodon at Goku54 says, I liked both Creed 1 and 2, pretty good successes to the Rocky franchise. And finally, the aforementioned uh, information from David, Adrien's husband, uh, on Discord, who says... Um, when the first Creed came along too many years ago now, already I was intrigued. The premise of bringing Apollo's law back into the world of Rocky got my attention. Seeing Sylvester portray all the warmth, depth, and never-ending love he has for those closest to him, Apollo's family, etc., was greatly appreciated. But after that fell away and the story shifted to the standard issue, disgruntled, abandoned son, I was like, well, I've seen this script a thousand times. And predictability set in and the side stories just weren't enough to excite me to run to the sequels upon release, etc. Although I will say Felicia Richard was a scene stealer, would have liked to see more of her and her backstory after Apollo's death. Overall grade, soft B. Uh, Michael B. Jordan does a solid job, but it felt forced at times. Sylvester was excellent as Rocky as usual. He is low-key underrated as an actor in dramatic themes, in my opinion. Uh, this can be seen in his new show, getting solid reviews as well. Tulsa King on Paramount+. Plus. Thank you for <laughs> that feedback. And slight plug. <laughs> exactly. Well done, David. We see that I definitely agree with uh, certainly large parts of it. Not so much with not like loving the film and not running out to the sequels, but definitely when it comes to Lone being an underappreciated, brilliant, dramatic actor, I think we can both agree with that. And yeah. uh, I think you probably would as well, actually. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Awesome. So, um, again, you're the guest, so we'll come to you first, if you don't mind. Do you have a conclusion and a score out of five stars for us? I'm going to give it um, a four stars. It really... Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to watching the sequel now since I watched this one so many times. I just loved the music. I couldn't believe it when Hail Mary by Tupac came on. I was I was like, okay, that's my generation. I'm going to turn this yeah. up. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I'm going to give it four. 
Awesome, cool. Uh, yeah, um, apologies. My conclusions sometimes seem a bit rambly because I just have them all written out. But um, Oh, ramble on. Love it. <laughs> uh, I will say I was kind of in a bit of a down mood when watching the movie. I don't know why. I was just feeling a bit tired and I'd already seen a not very good movie that day. Um, so that may have affected my viewing at first in particular because the film, to me, seemed a bit slow-paced and sluggish for the first hour. As I say, I'm not sure if that is true or if it is my mood as I kind of fought to get into the, the, the mode to watch the movie. Um, honestly, though, I can say that there's some key great scenes in there. Uh, at any other time, I'd probably applaud that. Um, in any case, the last hour more that makes up for it, even not initially feeling it, the complete wow factor totally won me over. The film is a very worthy entry in a franchise that I love, which employs the key tropes and ideas, but it does so cleverly, and it never seems like it's repeating cliches. Uh, the themes of legacy, fighting together, family, and more are brilliantly handled as outstanding performances, deft writing, masterful direction, great music, and like all Rocky films, a build-up to an ending that can't fail to get you pumped up and feeling it. Um, the dramatic parts are more than worthy of the best of the Rocky films too, that being one, two, and six in my opinion, with a realistic and engrossing story and characters who just feel real and make you care. Uh, maybe I'm biased because I love this franchise, but I do think that it's also a brilliant movie. And again, I implore you, please see it if you haven't. A lot of people on Letterboxd when I was searching for uh, mutual friends reviews had given it five stars. Um, and there was a lot of high praise for the movie. So please, please watch it if you haven't. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this instance, uh, with everything considered, I also went four stars out of five. Nice. So the average is going to be oh so difficult to work out. What is the average of... <laughs> no, no, it's a hard math for me here. <laughs> So no, the podcast would therefore say Creed, four out of five, which is a solid, yes. very good score. Yes. Um, yeah, can't really argue with that. And uh, I think we would both definitely see it recommend, though. Do watch. <laughs> I recommend this movie. I do. I recommend it to anybody. Anybody can watch this movie and anybody will enjoy it, I think. Yeah, and I am so looking forward to seeing Creed 3 in the cinema. My brother wants to come with me as well. So oh. enjoy. Well, no, it's, it's um, Sylvester Stallone in it. He's not. It's the first oh. one he's not in, unfortunately. But he said, you know, it's time to hand the franchise over. Oh, um, okay. If you okay. if you haven't seen the trailer, I would recommend watching it because it gives you all of the backstory that you need of what it's about. Which oh, I don't think you spoil outside nice. of that, and it kind of gets you thinking. Ooh, I'm intrigued. What you're doing here? It's a very rocky-ish story between um, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors' characters, and it's obviously a very personal story as well as then culminating in well, you're going to have to fight each other, <laughs> you know. So. Um, yeah, I love uh, I love the look of it. I think it's going to be great. Okay. I, say, I don't think I was going to say I don't think there's been a bad Rocky movie, but again, the aforementioned five is probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a uh, shame. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's uh, that's great. Well, again, thank you so so much for agreeing to jump in and take part in this one, Adrienne, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do it. So <laughs> thank you oh, for seeing. It was a great time. Uh, I'm willing to watch uh, movies I hadn't thought about before. So hey. And a great job hosting. Thank you for the invite. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, uh, as I said, for agreeing to watch it if you weren't in the mood. And I'm really glad that um, you got something out of it and you enjoyed it because it would have been quite sad if you had, uh, if you'd been like, oh, I watched it for the podcast, but I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, know? that's not going to be fun. Yeah, don't give me any horrible movies to watch. Like, oh, I don't, yeah, we're not watching Species or Lawnmower Man or any of those things. So, <laughs> all of the Species and Lawnmower Man turned <laughs> up. Not. Making me watch those, Mike. No, that's the kind of thing <laughs> DK would probably be watching on his cult film episodes. That's not oh, jeez. 
Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, and again, everyone do join me in thanking Adrienne uh, for taking part with this and for being just a great voice in our Discord and uh, on social media. Uh, did you have anywhere where people can find you, Adrienne, if they'd like to? Oh, I don't think anybody is wants to suffer through my uh, obsessive American political Twitter, but if they do, I am at alparktucker2 on Twitter, and I think I'm at... Um, like Adrian SoCal or something on Mastodon and post. If anybody follows Mike, they can probably find me out there and then come and join our discord. If you're, if you're new nerdy, uh, Mike's a great host out there. There's lots of humor, silly stuff, and you can talk about anything you want. Yes. And we have channels for everything. everything. Uh, yes, we actually do. <laughs> We've got a little oh. spoiler thing for things that are coming out, like new movies and shows. We've got Treks everywhere. We've got Marvel everywhere. Mm -hmm, got... Yeah, mm -hmm. We talk about a lot of stuff, plus comedy and just general chatter and all kinds. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Awesome. Uh, so do uh, join us again, if, especially if you've enjoyed this episode. We will be back, as I said, in a couple of weeks, uh, where I will be hopefully joined by DK um, to the hosting chair again. But we'll definitely be joined by Connor Esser from the uh, Nerd Bible podcast over at the Pasty Sheep network and we are going to be reviewing the frustratingly named scream from 2022 or scream 5 as it seems to have retrospectively be called which it should have been in the first plum and place but yes um ahead of the release of scream 6 which i'm also very excited about we're going to be reviewing that kind of soft relaunch of the franchise i would say it is and uh see what we thought of that so yeah um, all that remains is to, again, say thank you so much, Adrienne, for joining us. Thank you to all of you out there who are listening. And, uh, yeah, remember, in the epic words of Arnie, we'll be back. I'll be back.